In Matthew chapter 6, it says, Who by worrying can add to their life? Do not worry about tomorrow. Pagans run after these things. National emergency. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My sheets are melting so fast. An interesting fact about humanity is that whatever you feed grows. A financial pandemic. If you feed your faith, it grows. If you feed your fears, they grow. It's all spiral very quickly. It's going to get worse. Some have to live and some have to die. Realize that our time is better spent talking to the Father than getting all worked up and reading and feeding our minds with the news and the media about what everybody is saying about how this is doom and gloom and how money, which we have hoped in, is lost. Hope not in money. Hope in your Father your God, Jesus Christ, your Savior. Have your faith and use it. Walk according to it. Whatever you feed grows. This is the time to press into the church, lean into the church, to be surrounded by God's people. We can offer prayers for one another. We can offer hope to one another. We can speak words of truth to one another. If you feast on the word of God and you renew your minds around the truth, your faith, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you go to the news and you read article after article after quote after talking head and you continue to feed those fears, they grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Whatever you feed grows. Today, did you wake up this morning and feast on the word of God and go to him in prayer? Or did you feed your fears? Good morning to our Heritage family and to those of you who are visiting with us today. Uh, welcome to Heritage Online. My name is Glenn. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, I just have to say today that I'm really glad that we can gather together for a few minutes as we wrap up our study on the book of Habakkuk. I don't know what you were doing Friday night, <clears throat> but uh, I was watching the rioting on the news in numerous cities across our country. Um, I was listening to the news people talking, and it was obvious they were all in shock uh, at what they were seeing. And so was I, quite honestly. I, I was... I, I didn't know what to think. Um, and it hit me as I was watching. I think I know how Habakkuk felt. As we've been studying through this small little book in the end of the Old Testament, I, I think I understood how Habakkuk felt as he cried out to God. And and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, for any Christ follower, for any person who knows God, you also would understand much better than before now. If you have been watching the news for the last couple of days, you would understand how Habakkuk must have felt. And uh, back 
to the beginning of our book, chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. I, I don't know about you, but in watching this weekend, I, I felt that way. The law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. I, I thought, wow, that fits. It's just like Habakkuk was, uh, was in the newsroom and he was the anchor, the news anchor Friday night describing all of what we were watching and he wrote it down in the book and now that's what we've been reading. That's how I felt and I guess I certainly had Habakkuk in the ending of the book as well as the beginning on my mind and, and there it was. I don't know, were you watching? What did you think? What struck you? How did you feel as you watched the violence that, that we just read about? And, and all of that. Did you see the destruction? Did you see the devastation? How did you feel about that? Can you relate? Do you feel more in touch now with Habakkuk at the beginning of this book? At chapter 1, the why. How long? How could this happen, God? Please open your Bibles with me to Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3, and we're going to take the last four verses of our book and our study together, and we're going to wrap this up today. Habakkuk in chapter 1, those verses that we just read, and as he cried to God, and God responded, and then we get to chapter, the end of chapter 1, and, 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 and after God responded, he again is crying out to God, and Habakkuk was about to go under. I mean, he really was. He was hanging on by a thread. You know, the old uh, person in the water putting up the one and then the two. And uh, he was at three. He was ready to go down. But he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord heard him. And the Lord responded to him two times. And that's what we have in the first two chapters of the book of Habakkuk. As God responded... And so at the very beginning, those first two chapters, Habakkuk is at the why. We have talked about our study. We're getting from why to how. And chapter 1 is that why, the big why. And then the end of chapter 1, Habakkuk says, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm going I'm to put myself in a place to listen. And, and so here I am, God, tell me. And, and God gives him that second answer. And then we move through chapter 3, and now we're at the end, the end of our study, the end of chapter 3, verses 16 to 19. And we're at wow. We're at wow. 
And I don't know about you, but, but as you, you read through this and, and, and play it again back through your mind, how did Habakkuk get from why to wow? And that ought to be a question that you and I are asking as well. How can we get when we are in those moments like today? How do we get from why, God? How long, God? To wow, God. Habakkuk did that. And I want us, as we wrap things up today, to be able to grab hold of that. So look with me, if you will, at uh, verse 16. And I just want to read through these verses together. Habakkuk says, I heard. Remember at the beginning of uh, chapter 3, he says, I heard about you, God, your deeds, your awesome works. But even go back to chapter 2, and he said, I'll wait, Lord, I'm going to listen. And God says, write it down. And so Habakkuk saying, I heard, I know what you're going to do, God. And my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound, decay crept into my bones, just full of nerves and fear and shaking, and my legs trembled. I, he says, he goes on, yet I will wait patiently. I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. It's interesting in in our community group this past Sunday evening, uh, we were talking about uh, where Habakkuk was in all this, and as he began chapter 3, understand when, when he says, I will wait patiently, my heart's pounding, my lips are quivering, my decay, my bones, my legs are trembling, but I'll wait patiently for the day of calamity. You see, the worst was yet to come for Habakkuk. At the end of the book, as he's writing, he had not yet experienced all that was coming. He knew that Babylon was coming to destroy Jerusalem and and devastate the nation of Judah. He knew that God was going to judge the sin of Judah as he questioned, as he asked, as he prayed at the beginning of chapter 1. And so here it is. He is ready to wait patiently for the judgment of God, for Babylon's coming destruction on Judah. And as he moves through then, he's saying, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Now, Now, why would all of that, why this picture of unbelievable negativity No grapes, no crops, no figs, no food, no sheep, no cattle. Why? Because he's saying when the calamity comes, this will be the case for Judah. This is what Babylon will do to Judah. They won't have anything because of God's judgment on their sin. And then we get to verse 18. Yet... Yet I will rejoice. 
in the Lord. Wow. There it is. Wow. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. You see, it's not I will rejoice in what the Lord does for me. It's not I will rejoice in all the things that God provides for me. It's I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Listen, this is not just a grin and bear it. This is not just hang on and you'll get through, Habakkuk. No, no, no. I will rejoice is what, God, is what Habakkuk says. In the Lord. And, and the words there, to exalt, to rejoice, to be joyful is the jumping up and down. It's the picture, well, I'm not sure you see many pictures of high school or college graduations this year. But as you see at the end, when it's all done, everybody throws their hats in the air and jumping up and down and hugging and, and turning around and just thrilled. Rejoicing, joyful, but that's in God. In the Lord, not in the things that he does for us. You see, rejoicing, joy is an outcome. It's not the goal. It's an outcome. That rejoicing, that joy happens for a reason. You see, Habakkuk's faith included the acceptance of the calamity. Is, is what he says there. The calamity that was going to come upon Judah at the hands of Babylon. God's judgment. He believes the Lord though. That in through the day of calamity as it comes on the nation of Judah. He will endure. And he can trust God. He can depend upon God. And he will rejoice and find his joy in the Lord. So how did Habakkuk get to this place? How did he get from why to wow? That's the question. We would think maybe there's some secret formula here that, that is in these last four verses. How did this happen? We saw the significant change last week at the beginning of chapter 3. But here he is. It's even more so of a change. Joy and rejoicing. How in the world? We got to go back to chapter 2 and verse 4. Because there's no secret formula. There's no gospel magic there's no special prayer that we can utter and all of a sudden we get from why to wow. No, it's chapter 2 and verse 4. You see, Habakkuk found out what God said. That was the key. And in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, this is what we read. The righteous person, the one who knows God, the one who has put his faith in in Jesus Christ and who has been declared right before God, declared righteous. The righteous person will live by his faith. The one who knows God will live by his faith. Again, no secret formula, no gospel magic, no special prayer or, or, or verses that we read and all of a sudden, boom, we're, oh, wow. No, the righteous will live by faith. That's it. 
Live by faith. That's what we said is the theme. We said chapter 2 verse 4 is the key verse, is the theme of the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk's relationship with the Lord was, was key. He knew the Lord. He didn't just know about the Lord. You understand the difference, right? We, we, many of us over these last few months have seen our president on television probably more than we've ever seen him. And, and we've seen some of his team. We've seen Vice President Pence. And we've seen the medical personnel that have been there with him. And, and we almost feel like we know them a little bit. But we really don't know them. We may know about them. We kn may know more about them today than we knew two months ago. But we don't know them. You see, it's real easy to just know about the Lord and not really know him. Habakkuk knew the Lord. He had a close, intimate, personal, vital relationship with the Lord. And that made all the difference. And it was that relationship that caused Habakkuk to feel free and comfortable talking to God. And never in chapter 1, either time when Habakkuk questioned God, is there disrespect or is there any mocking or it's, it's Habakkuk speaking from his heart to the Lord who he knows well. And that is why God answered him. And Habakkuk listened. You see, he was listening to his close friend. Yes, this was the almighty sovereign Lord, the creator God. But Habakkuk could talk to him and he was willing to listen. Sometimes we get angry, we get upset, we get frustrated, and we're, we try to talk to people at the human level, people, our friends, our, our, our spouses, our kids, our whoever it may be, and, and, and we're talking and we're angry and we're just letting it out, venting, and, and we're not listening. We just need to make our point. Habakkuk listened and God responded. Will you listen to the Lord? You see, living by faith means, yes, we can talk to God. We can cry out to God. But we're willing and ready to listen, to put our ourselves in a place to hear what God has to say. Will you listen to the Lord and simply believe what he says? Exercise faith. Will you live by faith? That's what we're talking about. Will you live by faith? Listen, God can help you do that. That's the theme of the book. That's Habakkuk 2 and verse 4. But what it comes down to and how to get from why to wow is you got to answer that question with, Yes, I believe the Lord. I will 
follow him. I will walk by faith. I will live my life in complete dependence on him. No matter what's around the next corner, it doesn't matter. I trust God. I put my faith in him. That's it. And as we wrap up these three chapters, these six weeks, I, I can't give you a secret formula because we have to depend on God and trust him. We must live by faith. You see, back there in, in, uh, in, in, in these verses that Habakkuk, we're told that he put his strength in the Lord. The sovereign Lord is my strength, he says. He enables me to tread on the heights, to walk on high places. You know, the deer had the ability in the mountains, just sure-footedness on those rough and jagged, sharp peaks that were hard to walk on. But that's what he said. He enables me to tread on the heights. He enables me to walk on high places. And that is really symbolizing the ultimate victory that God promises as we live by faith. So what if you really did live by faith? What if we really did walk by faith every day? What if your relationship with the Lord was as vital to you as it was to the three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3? I want you to open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3. And uh, if you just go back a few books towards Genesis, towards the front of your Bible. You get to Daniel chapter 3. And what we find there uh, is that King Nebuchadnezzar had, uh, had made a, a golden idol uh, that, that everybody in the nation was to bow down and worship. And, and whenever the, the music would play, that everybody had to bow down wherever they were, whatever they were doing. And if they didn't, there was the promise of a, a furnace, a fiery furnace as it's called. And that people who did not would be thrown into that and burned alive. Well, there were those who didn't appreciate the godliness, the worshiping God by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And here in Daniel chapter 3, when, when they were to bow down to that golden image, they did not. And, and word got back to King Nebuchadnezzar. And in verse 13, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Quite a threat. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, and, and here I have it for you on, on, on uh, our screen. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, our Lord Jehovah, our creator God, the God we serve, the God we know and serve, the God we love is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And, and look at this. This is it. This is the faith. Verse 18. But even if he does not. You see, that's Habakkuk. Habakkuk was saying, no figs, no grapes, no olives, no grain or food in the fields. No sheep, no cattle, nothing. Yet I will rejoice. And here Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who worship the same God, the Lord Jehovah that Habakkuk was talking about in worship. Even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. What were they saying? They're saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, doesn't matter if we die in that furnace because we will not bow down to your false God. That's faith. That's saying, you know what? Doesn't matter whether God bails us out or not. We will follow him anyway. Wow. Wow. That's a wow. And it's critical that we understand. You see that video we showed at the beginning. Whatever you feed grows. Are you feeding your relationship with the Lord? Or are you feeding your fears? Are you feeding your relationship with the Lord or are you feeding your bank account? Are you feeding your relationship with the Lord or are you feeding your pleasures, the things that you enjoy, the things that you want to be part of? You know, it's interesting that over these last couple of months, all the things that we have had that take up our spare time have been gone. You know, we talked last week about all the sports on TV, it's on, gone, but all the, the, all the community stuff is gone, all the school activities, all of the extra stuff at work, all of that stuff is gone. And people have been saying they now have more time. If you don't believe that, ask Home Depot. <laughs> I mean, the lines at Home Depot are lows, and the paint people are buying, and the the the, the remodeling and fixing up. Why? Because there's all kinds of time. What are you doing with your time? Whatever you feed grows. Habakkuk fed his relationship with God. At the, book, at the end of the book of Job, 
after, after God straightened everything out, after God spoke to Job and helped him to understand what's happening, Job, he ended by saying, you know what, Lord, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. In other words, he'd heard all about God. He thought he knew God, but after he'd gone through what he'd gone through, the trials of Job, the difficulties that he experienced, he now said, and Lord, now I've seen you. Now I know. Whatever you feed grows. You see, that's how we will get from why to wow. We feed our faith. That will make the difference. I, I close with this from quote from New Morning Mercies. Uh, an amazing, I came across it uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, wow. And, and, and here's, here's the key to that. We don't seek satisfaction hoping that God will deliver it. You see, we sometimes think that our goal in life, even as Christians, and our, for our Christian family, our goal is satisfaction. We might say it this way, our goal is happiness. No, 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 it's not the goal. That is an outcome, but we don't seek satisfaction. You could say happiness, hoping that God will deliver it. No, here's the goal. We seek God. And the result is satisfaction of heart. Happiness and joy and satisfaction don't come as we seek them by themselves. We seek God. And when we seek God, joy and happiness and satisfaction are the result. And then, if you give your heart to seeking satisfaction... Satisfaction will be the one thing you will never find. Your heart will never, never be satisfied in things. Oh, you may feel good for a while, but never lasting satisfaction. No, your heart will be satisfied only in the giver of the things, the Lord. The reality is this, God is the peace that you're looking for. He is the satisfaction that your heart seeks. He is the rest that you crave, the joy that you long for, and the comfort your heart desires. God, the Lord Jehovah, and we seek him. Whatever you feed grows. What are you feeding? Your fears? Your worries? Or are you feeding your faith? You say, well, how do you do that, Glenn? Well, Paul says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, he says, faith comes by hearing. So we got to hear. And hearing comes by the word of God. You want to feed your faith? Dig in to what God has to say. Just like Habakkuk listened to God, we listen to God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes from the word of God. In other words, faith comes 
from the word of God. Faith comes from the word of God. Whatever you feed grows. How about it this morning? Are you stuck in the why? Oh, Lord, why? How long? Are, are you wanting to get to the wow, but you just can't get there? Feed your faith. Fill your heart and your mind with God and the truth of his word. That's the key. And if you're listening in today, watching, and you don't know Jesus, that same faith that strengthens us who know God will save you, will change your life, will bring God's forgiveness, will wash away your sin, and will give you that never-ending, eternal, vital relationship with the Lord. That's the only way. And when we get that relationship and we feed that relationship, uh, it's the wow. It's the wow for the glory of God. Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the story of Habakkuk. Thank you that we can learn how to deal with the questions, the confusion, the frustration, the perplexity of, of what's going on and how do we get through those difficulties in our lives and how do we get to saying, oh, wow, God, wow, you're so amazing. Oh, God, thank you for the direction from your word. Help us to feed our faith so that we can experience that wow relationship with you. Oh God, if there are any watching this morning who do not know Jesus, would you open their hearts to see that God alone is the one who can forgive their sin and change their life. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.